In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today is from John chapter 16, and these words the Lord said to the disciples on Covenant Thursday, one night before his crucifixion, after he gave them his body and his blood. And he told them, most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. So when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, they wept because their hope faded away. And at that time, the world rejoiced. Pontius Pilate, Herod, the scribe and the Pharisees, the high priests and the priests, all of these people rejoiced that they killed the Lord Jesus Christ. He told the disciples, you will be sorrowful. The disciples were afraid and they hid themselves in the upper room. They were sorrowful. But he told them, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. On Sunday, on the day of resurrection, everything turned around. The disciples rejoiced greatly when they saw the Lord. The Marys, St. Mary Magdalene and Mary, mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, Mary, the wife of Kluba, all the women rejoiced on that day. The 70 apostles rejoiced in the day of resurrection. And actually, the world that rejoiced on the day of crucifixion, now things turned around. They became afraid, they became anxious because of the resurrection. Then the Lord gave them a parable. How sorrow and pain turns into joy. He told them, you know, a woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again after my resurrection, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. So the Gospel of today speaks about two facts in our life. One fact, in this life, we will be sorrowful, we will suffer, we will go through tribulation, we will go through hard time. That's one fact. But the other fact, that we will rejoice. We will rejoice. And the challenge, how can we keep this joy while we are suffering, while we are in pain, while we are going through hard time. Especially the Lord said, no one will take your joy away from you. No one will take your joy away from you. So how we become joyful in the midst of tribulation. The pain and suffering has many reasons in our life. It can be because of my own personal sins, 
It can be because we live in corrupted world. It can be because the Satan is attacking the children of God. It can be as a discipline from the Lord because of our sins. It can be as also a test of faith as what happened with Abraham when God tested his faith. So there are many reasons why we suffer. But the fact that all of us, sometime in our life, we will suffer. No one can say, I lived my life completely without suffering at all. This is one fact. But the other fact, there is a promise of joy. And this joy is a gift from God to us. How can we receive it? How can we receive this gift of joy? As I said, it's a gift from God. So to receive it means to open my hand. If I want to give you a gift, but you close your hand, you, you will not receive it. So opening our hand, we open our hands in prayer to God to receive his joy. That's why the Lord said, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. During the time of tribulation, during the time of suffering, open your hand before God and ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God may comfort you, may help you, may support you, may gladden your heart. And as the Lord said, until now, I have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. We have many stories in the scripture and also from the life of the saints. How God answered the prayers when they prayed genuinely to God, when they asked sincerely to God. Like Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Hannah was barren and she actually endured reproach for a long time. In the Old Testament, a barren lady was shameful. Why? Because this means the Messiah will not come from her offspring. And because of this, they looked at her as one not loved by God. So it was shame in the Old Testament, not anymore in the New Testament. So Hannah was actually, she felt the shame. Beside Fanina, actually reproached her all the time. Her husband, Alkana, tried to comfort her. She was not comforted. At the end, she resolved to do what? to go to the temple and to pray before God. And she went and she prayed. Once she prayed, actually she received the joy from God and she was comforted. Although there was no promise, no angel appeared to her. God did not speak to her, but just to pray before God, she was comforted and she had joy to the extent Leaving the temple, she met the priest Eli. 
And he thought she is drunk because she was crying before the Lord and moving only her lips. So he told her, it is not right, it's not proper to come to the temple while you are drunk. Go and become sober. And she told him, no, my master, I'm not drunk. I am bitter in my soul because I am here asking the Lord to give me offspring. Then Elida, the priest, told her, may the Lord answer your prayer. But we read that once she left the temple, she was comforted. As the Lord told us, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. When we go through difficult time, number one, we need actually to ask the Lord and pray. Also, in prayer, we'll be in the presence of God. We'll be in the presence of God. As he said, I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Just being in the presence of God, this will bring joy to our hearts. When we feel we are standing before the Lord, the Lord who is Almighty, the Lord who is in control, the Lord who promised us peace and joy, the Lord who will protect us, the Lord who defeated the world for our sake. As you heard in the end of the Gospel of today, he told them, in the world you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer. How come? Why? I'll be happy after I know that in the world I will have many tribulations. He told them, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Meaning what? I have overcome the world. Meaning, if you abide in me, and I abide in you, then in me, you will overcome the tribulation. That's why I said, when you are in the presence of God, when we are united with Him, when we are abiding in Him and He is abiding in us, in Him, we will overcome the world. We will overcome the tribulation. We will not be defeated. Paul, Silas, Peter, the rest of the apostles, when they went through difficult time, they were joyful. Paul and Silas were praising the Lord in the prison. Peter was sleeping, deep sleep in the prison, in spite of the fact that the following day he would be executed. The rest of the apostles, when they scourged them, we read in the book of Acts, they returned it joyfully because they were considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Why? How they were joyful because they abide, they abide in Christ. When we abide in Christ and he abides in us, then in him we will overcome the world. In him we will be victorious. So the Lord told them, yes, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Another thing that helps us to be joyful and peaceful during the difficult time, during the time of tribulation and hardship, is the word of God. As the Lord told us today, 
these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. So the promises of God in the scripture, the word of God in the scripture, give us peace. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. When we know that he is true, all his promises are true, let every man be a liar, but God is true, God is faithful. As St. Paul said, any one of us can be a liar, but God never ever lies. His promises are true. When he promised us to give us his peace, to give us joy, then his promises are true, no matter what. And the Lord said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, so I do. Meaning what? When we greet one another and we say peace to you, it is just words. But when the Lord actually say peace to you, this word has power to remove all our anxiety, all fear, all worries from our hearts, and to give us this peace which surpasses all understanding. That's why St. Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, he said, be anxious over nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything you are anxious or worried about it, let your requests be made known to God. And instead of becoming anxious or worrying, no. The right way is to let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen? Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So when we present our requests to God, His peace will actually cast away from our heart all anxiety, all worries, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep us in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, one of the reasons of uh, tribulations is our sins. Usually with sin comes fear, anxiety, worry, guilt, shame. We can see when Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God, what happened to them? Adam was afraid. Adam became anxious, he was shameful, he felt guilty. So shame, guilt, and fear are the result of sin. We see in the life of David the prophet, after he sinned, in the same way, he experienced shame, he experienced guilt, he experienced fear. But when he repented, the prayer that we say always in Psalm 50, restore to me the joy of your salvation. When he repented and he experienced the salvation of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord, then the joy of salvation was restored. That's why another thing that helps us to be joyful, even during the time of tribulation, when we receive the joy of salvation, and we will receive the joy of salvation 
when we offer true repentance, genuine repentance, when we confess our sins and we repent and we partake of his body and his blood, we receive the joy of salvation. That's why the last words Abuna says after communion, before dismissing the people and before dismissing the angel of the sacrifice. What are the last words, he says? These are inaudible prayer. He, he prays this silently. He says, our mouth is filled with joy and our heart with gladness. Because we experience the joy of salvation, we partake of his body and his blood. So our hearts is joyful and our mouth is singing, praising to God, praise the Lord in all his saints, praise the Lord in the firmament of his power. So why? Because God restored to us the joy of salvation. When we repent and when we live true life, a true repentance with the Lord, then the joy is restored to our heart. Also another point, God, as we say in the divine liturgy, he was incarnate and became man. We say he made us unto himself and assembled people and assembled people. When God actually created us, he did not create us as separate, isolated individual, but he created us as assembled people. That's why he said it is not good for Adam to be alone. In psychology, they say our souls are relational souls. Relationals mean our soul grow in relationship. And this relational soul connect us with one another. That's why you cannot live in isolation. We are connected to one another. This connection to one another helps us to be in a support system. We support one another. Actually, if you see the verses in the scripture that has the word one another, like love one another, accept one another, forgive one another, carry the burden of one another. If you count these verses, you will find these verses are more than 50 different verses in the New Testament only that has the word one another, which means we have responsibility toward one another. That's why we, we, we are assembled people. Assembled people means connected with each other. We have responsibility to pray for one another, to support one another, to carry the burden of one another, to accept one another, etc. And this actually brings joy to our heart. When I feel that I'm not lonely, I'm not isolated, but I am part, I am member in the body of Christ, the assembled people. That's why the psalmist said, Behold, what is so good or what so pleasant as for brothers dwelling together. That's the body of Christ. We are dwelling together. This brings joy to our heart. Even during the time of uh, tribulation, during the time of difficulty, when Peter was in prison, the rest of the church gathered in the house of St. Mark in the upper room, and they were praying for Peter. So Peter in prison, but the rest of the body of Christ 
gather together in the upper room, praying for, for Peter. And when Peter was released by an angel from prison, he went to them, he found all the church assembled there praying for him. What is so good and so pleasant as for brothers dwelling together. The last point I want to mention about joy. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. As we read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, the grace of the Holy Spirit, all of us received it in baptism in the sacrament of chrismation. So we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. But we need to kindle this gift, this grace inside our heart. Some of us resist the Holy Spirit. Others quench the Holy Spirit. Others grieve the Holy Spirit. But if we kindle the grace of the Holy Spirit, we will be filled of joy. That is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. So don't resist the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit in you. Rather, kindle the grace of the Holy Spirit in you, and in this way, you will have joy, even during the time of tribulation. Yes, one fact is we will suffer. We will suffer. The Lord never told us that your life will be free from suffering. No, we will suffer, all of us. But that's one fact. The other fact, there is joy for us. We will rejoice. Don't focus on the suffering, but focus on the joy. And as I told you, joy comes from prayer, from the being in the presence of the Lord, abiding in the Lord, living the life of repentance, being part in the assembly of the believer in the body of Christ, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the word of God and His promises bring joy to our heart. So rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. God wants His children to be joyful all the time, to be in peace all the time. And He gives us this joy and peace as a free gift in spite of all the tribulations that we are facing. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer that I have overcome the world. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.